Episode 67. 67. Name three famous things that have lasted 67 uh, iterations. Uh, the, the, the fastest I can drive a U-Haul truck is about 67 miles an hour. The fastest you can drive one or the fastest anybody the can fastest drive The fastest I could drive the full one that I drove from Boston to New York when I moved here 12 years ago when it was full of all my stuff and it was raining out and it was nighttime. <laughs> so it's not the fastest you, you could have driven it. It was the fastest it. I could drive that U-Haul truck. It's safe for you to feel safe. Oh, I wasn't feeling at all safe. I even went off the road once. Well, hopefully this episode will go better than that trip. <laughs> not yet. No, no, not yet. Uh, hopefully it will Oh, my raining. God. So what's going to happen on the show today, Ryan? Tell us. Today we have uh, some information on Lollapazoola. What we is have... it? Is it old information? Is it the same information we already know? It is new. It is, it is old information presented in a brand new way. Okay. I look forward to it. We have your mail. We have the crossword tip of the quarter month, or, or is it written on my agenda, the Q month? Oh, that's just because I didn't know how to spell quarter. Ah. And then we have some old features coming back to, to, to haunt tickle you. your fancy. Or tickle. That you think haunt? They're going to haunt? I thought I thought haunt, but tickle probably are you, sounds Are you better. haunted by the theme music to this show? Do you wake up in the middle of the night humming our theme music? You know, I did wake up in the middle of the night, too. What? A horrible dream with my supervisor kissing me three times in the back of the neck. If Ryan's supervisor is listening to this show, please, please write to us at rbxblog at gmail.com and tell us why you invaded his dream and kissed him on the neck thrice. Thricely. Thricely you did it. Thricely. Well, we should get to the show. All right, how about so some music? So without further ado... No, let's stop with the ado. That's just music. It has been a long day. Is the music done yet? Yes, it's it has a, It has been a long day. We had a very super day. secret mission. We had a super secret mission that did not involve a cooler of meat. Which... It barely involved any other people. It barely did. It also barely involved us being able to see each other for half of it. it <laughs> but it did involve me finding a restaurant that I knew nothing about except what I thought the road might look like in a satellite map. And you found it. And I found it. It was quite and good. And we ate there. We did. The Oriental Diner. And we almost got a bite of mint. Uh, we almost got a vitamin. Yes. Um, yeah. So this what, is what, the last uh, show before Lollapazoola. Uh, yes. What is Lollapazoola? Lollapazoola is a crossword tournament put on by you and me. And who are we? We are Ryan and Brian. Oh, yes. Of Ryan and Brian do crosswords of BeMoreSmarter.com, of the Fill Me In podcast, a cross Oreo flack chain. Yeah. No? I, I give you a C plus on that. It's pretty weak. You do one. No. No? No. They, they, they Top have to, me. They just have to happen. That, 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 that just happened. Yeah, well, I know it did. It happened very poorly. So Lollapazoola is happening in like five days, right? It's like five days if away. If you're listening to this on a Tuesday. Then it's five days away. Unless you're listening to it another Tuesday. All right. It's on August 22nd. That's which a is, Saturday in August. It is. And in fact, as we sit here saying these words, it is the next available Saturday it in is. August. Uh, so, so please come to it. It's in Queens, New York, and it's going to be fantastic. And uh, great puzzles, terrific puzzles, terrific snacks, uh, terrific games. It's just going to be two awesome. different divisions. So two, if you yes. if you don't feel you can compete with the Dan Fairs and the and the other and the and the Ellen Ripsteins of the world, that's right. You can still compete with the unless you're actually really good and you're just trying to cheat your way into the lower division. In which case, it might not work so well. Yeah, we already yeah. caught somebody trying to do that. Well, I don't know that he was actually trying to get away with something. I think he was trying to find more comfort in the in the situation of a timed tournament. Uh, there is no comfort. No, not really. Not no. for you. That's for sure. No. 
so no. so so come. It's twenty dollars. Yep. You can pay at the door. You can pay via PayPal. Yep. Uh, smarter dot com has all the information. So please come. Absolutely. Viewer mail. Opening it up. Uh, we have a ton of viewer mail, a so ton. let's just get right to it. Okay? Go for it. So our first viewer mail comes to us from our friend Peter Gordon, sextuple threat. Uh, Peter Gordon writes to us uh, with some answers to uh, the questions we posed in episode 66. Yes. Since I've been nominated for Oracle, here are the answers to your questions. Electra Jablons pronounces her last name just like you were saying it when you weren't trying to be French. Jablons. Jab rhymes with cab, and lons rhymes with fonds. I, I think that's a hard S sound. I think you're using a soft S sound. I, no, jablons. Jablons. Fonz. Fonz. You were saying fonz. Fonz. You were saying jablons. F- I'm making it rhyme. No, I know, but but I think... Uh, Amanda Yesnowitz, are you out there? I, I, am I rhyming properly, jablons and fonz? I think it's fonz. You're saying jablons fonz. and fonz. There you go. That's very awkward to me. Well, so was the fonz. That's extremely, extremely awkward. I don't know. Uh, why don't you read our next viewer mail? Oh, I, you know what? I should say there was there was actually quite a bit more in Peter's viewer mail. I, I don't want to cut him short, uh, but the truth of the matter is that uh, some of it is material that is still yet to come. Yes. Yeah. So uh, be patient. You will learn. <laughs> our next viewer mail is from David Stein. We met him at the ACPT. He has a class. He's a teacher. He asked him, would you rather? Yeah. I got it out of order. Yeah. He entitles his viewer mail, Porpoises and Dolphins. Yes. They are different for many reasons, a few of which I detail here. A. Dolphins are much larger than porpoises. B. Dolphins are much more social than porpoises. C. Dolphins whistle whereas porpoises do not. D. Dolphins can pronounce Electra Jablon's name whereas porpoises cannot. David Stein, Montgomery Blair High School. Now, okay. this brings up something interesting. What is that? According to these four criteria, yeah. are you a dolphin or a porpoise? Let me see. Uh, I am much larger than a porpoise. I am more social than a porpoise. I can whistle, and uh, I can now pronounce Electric well, Jablon's if I, name. Well, if I am one and you are one, so, which one am I? Uh, well, I'm a dolphin, then, because I'm much larger than you. And you're more social? Uh, I don't know about that, but I'm definitely larger than you. And you can whistle, and you can pronounce... In fact, I know I'm larger than you, because somebody... You know, there have been some people out there who have wondered which of us is which, and we met somebody new today, somebody new to us, we didn't know before, who identified which of us was which, that I'm Brian, with a B, because I am B for bigger than Ryan. Ryan starts with an R, because he is (laughs) regular-sized. I am bigger, Ryan is regular-sized. Well, then there you go. So when you see us together, I'm the bigger one. Right. This, I think I'm a dolphin. According to David Stein's thing, I'm a dolphin. There's nothing positive about porpoises in here. No, that's why I'd rather be a dolphin. Well, I don't want to be a porpoise. Well, I've already claimed dolphins, so what are you going to do? Is a porpoise a pinniped? Uh, I don't know, but porpoises seldom exceed seven feet in length. <laughs> that's That was part of the uh, excised material from is Peter this, Is this just an individual dolphin? Like I, a dolphin throughout sure. its life will, will rarely exceed seven feet in length? I don't know. Dolphins and porpoises have a lot in common. Peter also told us that. He, he also told us to consider ourselves lucky if we encounter a porpoise, <laughs> either in the wild or in captivity. Uh, Peter told us a lot about porpoises and dolphins. He did. It was we'll a little overwhelming. We'll be referring to that throughout the show. We will, indeed. Our next viewer mail comes to us from our friend Amanda Yesnowitz, the Unparalleled Parallel vs. Engineer, a shining light to us all. Hello, Amanda. Amanda says, I think you should have a new segment on the podcast called Convince Amanda's Younger Brother to Attend Lollapazoola. I realize the segment would only have one installment, but he is on the fence, and I think some public nudgery would do the trick. 
Signed, the unparalleled parallel, uh, you know the rest. What is what is her her brother's name? Uh, uh, Joshua. Joshua. Joshua Yesnowitz. Uh, Joshua, uh, just for what it's worth to the world at large, I emailed Joshua. I wrote Joshua an email like five days ago encouraging him to come to Lollapazoola, and I have not heard back. You have not heard back. I've not heard a thing. So I would like to use this segment of the podcast uh, to encourage Amanda to pester her younger brother to let us know whether he's coming to Lollapazoola. And Joshua, if you do not attend Lollapazoola, you will shame your family. It, it, it will be quite a tragedy for yes. the entire Yes No It's so clan. Please, please come. Uh, there was one more point about all of that, uh, which was nudgery. I wonder, is that a word, nudgery? If Amanda uses it, it is a word. Okay. And there you have it. There you have it. This next viewer mail is from Adam Hirsch, our friend who most definitely does not work at NPR. That's right. His viewer mail is entitled, Brevity is the Soul of Wit. And he says, for some reason, this made me think of you guys. What is it? Uh, apparently, from what I can tell, it is uh, jokes, classic jokes, that have been boiled down to one sentence. Oh, I see. So, like, cliche, famous jokes that are told over and over again that now you can say, like, the whole, you can get the whole point out in one sentence? Yes. So okay. I will read a few of them please, here. Please do. Um, a gorilla suit leads to inadvertent adultery. I don't get it. I don't get it either. What's the joke that that's based on? If so- Somebody tell us the joke. We don't know what the joke is that sets up this punchline. So tell so us help the us, joke. Help us with that, please. Uh, lawyers should all be killed. Oh, that's definitely true. There's a lot of jokes about lawyers. That's right from Shakespeare. Well, that's a Shakespeare line. The first thing, let's kill all the lawyers, right? Yes. But isn't there another? There's like a lawyer joke that's, uh, what's, what, do you, what do you call a hundred lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? A light bulb. No, I think the answer is a good start. Ah, yes. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. A light bulb is also a good start. <laughs> so by the process of transposition. Transposition? <laughs> Uh, lawyers are light bulbs. Transposition. Trans, transposition. Isn't that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, sure. Transposition and nudgery. Uh, a couple more. A pirate is maddened by a crotch-mounted steering wheel. Ah, yes, that's a great joke. That is uh, that joke. I actually know. Yep. A blonde woman makes a profit via trivia arbitrage. I don't know what the word arbitrage no. means. Uh, so we don't know what the joke is. is. Is that a blonde joke or is that a trivia joke? Or an arbitrage joke. Might be. <laughs> that arbitrage humor, that's a pretty, you know, that's a hefty section of the bookstore. That is Just devoted a, to arbitrage humor books. A deep well of comedy. It is. A hungry duck ignores an empty threat. And I think that applies to me most times of the day. Yes. Yeah. And my noseless dog smells terrible. Oh, yeah, sure, yes. sure. I know that so one. So if yeah. anybody would like to provide us with the actual jokes that yeah. these are based on, please do. Go for it. Uh, we're going to move along. Our next viewer mail comes to us from Marty and Cindy K. <laughs> <laughs> no, we laugh. I'm, you know what? I'm really sorry. I'm not laughing at Marty and Cindy K. I'm laughing at the fact that over the past history of this podcast, we have received email from Marty and Cindy K before, and it's always signed Tara. Right. It, it's never signed Marty, it's never signed Cindy, it's never signed Mr. and Mrs. K, it's just signed <laughs> Tara, right. which confused the hell out of us. Right. So then last week we got a viewer mail from some other pair of names, I don't remember who they were. No, but they also you signed know, like Tara. Joey and Julie, and it was signed Tara. Right. So we were confused, and we <laughs> talked about Marty and Cindy K, and now, lo and behold, I get a, a viewer mail from Cindy K. Uh, hi, Ryan and Brian. I was listening to your podcast and heard my name, Marty and Cindy K, a.k.a. Tara. I don't know why your other listeners signed their email, Tara. Tara is my nom from NPL, the National Puzzlers League. It is actually the name of a horse I once had. Well, there so you I go. I think Tara is short for Thomas Heilman. He's the one who always <laughs> writes to us about horses he had there you or go. killed Maybe it or is. found. 
Anyway, Tara continues. My other question, my other question, this is, I think, her first question. There has been no other question yet. So my first, a.k.a. other question. When we went to Maine for vacation this year, we were introduced to whoopie pies and doughboys. Yum! Brian, are you familiar with these since you are from Maine? The doughboy I had in Maine had ice cream, fruit, and chocolate sauce on it. I could really go for one of those right now. Take care now. Cindy, Tara. <laughs> uh, well, the whoopie pie we know. Uh, legend has it that uh, the Amish women would give their Amish husbands these, uh, they would pack them in their lunches. Yeah. And when the Amish men, I guess, at a barn raising or at a uh, strudel hoedown, I, I, I don't know I, anything about the Amish, no, but they're certainly I, not listening to the show. I, I, think, <laughs> I think agriculture was a big part of their their economics. Wasn't I, strudel? I think farming. No, that's Germans. But weren't strudel they de- is German. Weren't they derived from Germany? Perhaps. I don't know about that. We don't know anything about the Amish, but no. except this thing is that they would open up their lunch buckets, and inside they'd see these pies, and they'd go, whoopee! Uh, Wikipedia tells us that's how they came to be called whoopee pies. Uh, I do know about whoopee pies, just to let you know. I have eaten them before, um, though I have to say, I'm from Maine. I don't recall whoopee pies being a major part of my childhood. So I, I don't know. I must have missed out. My parents were not terribly keen on the high-sugar, low-nutrition food available in the world. That was not a big part of my life. No. So I think the whoopie pie, which is probably all sugar and no nutrition, never made it they into They kind of house. look like big Oreos. They do. They're like big puffy Oreos. Yes. Yeah? That's sort of what they are. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. whoopee! And I do apologize to any of the Amish who may be listening. Yeah, and if you are listening, you don't tell anyone. Yes, seriously. <laughs> Certainly don't. don't email us and no. tell us that you are listening. Uh, our next email is from uh, Electra Jablons. <laughs> Uh, she entitles her viewer mail, Being Mean. Uh, I fe- Dear Brian... By the way, just before we get into it, should, should we make any acknowledgement of the sort of nickname we've now applied to Electra? Oh, sure. I mean, we've done it now like four or five times, so uh, <laughs> should we acknowledge that that is her nickname now? That, that is her, her new nickname. Uh, we hope you're okay with it, Electra. If you're not, please let us know. Yeah, because we're just going to keep doing it uh, unless you request something else, in which yes. case we will certainly do our best to oblige. We certainly will. Should we precede this by saying, you know, we Electra wrote to us last week and claimed that we weren't very nice. No. Now, we wrote back to her, and we've actually had a bit of a correspondence now about this. And, and hopefully, you know, we've, I don't know, have we cleaned up our act any? Probably not. Probably not. No. But what we're going to read here, though, is an email from her that doesn't really pertain to the whether or not we're nice thing. I think it addresses some other issues. Am I reading the squiggly highlights? Yeah, you are. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. so everything that's highlighted. Yep. She says, uh, dear Ryan and... Oh, sorry. She says, dear Brian and Ryan, and Ryan is in parentheses. I think that's because when I have emailed her, I sign it, Brian and Ryan, in parentheses. I see. Because I sometimes write an email on our behalf. <laughs> gotcha. And I put your name in parentheses so it doesn't seem like I'm excluding you. Thank you. Well, it's because I'm actually not mean. As, as am I neither. Hmm? You are also not a native English speaker. <laughs> um, she goes on to say, I feel that the murderer nickname was ill-advised for a couple of reasons. This is for Keith Robert Murray, who, who we initially called murderer because he had three first names. Yes. Right. Uh, first, it was mean because Keith Murray is a man of non-violence. <laughs> That's very funny. Well, it may be true. First, it was mean because Keith Murray is a man of non-violence. Second, because the nickname, if you wanted to be mean, should have been Assassin. 
Ooh. My reasoning goes... That's actually like, cooler than murderer. You know who came up with the word assassin? Uh, no. William Shakespeare. He invented the word? He coined it. Really? Yes. Wow. That's true. That's awesome. It is. Uh, she says, my reasoning goes like this. Don't we all have three names, or most of us? I think we have to be assassins to get our full names in the news. I mean, I have a middle name, but no one enunciates my full name ever. That's because I will never assassinate anybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But then now she's met us, so maybe that well, might change. Well, that's true. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I would love to meet you to see the evidence of your niceness, but it won't happen until Lala Pazula 3. Until then, I remain a loyal podcast listener. Cheers, Electra. Well, I'm so glad you're a loyal podcast listener. We're thrilled to have you in our podcast family. And uh, certainly, if you ever disapprove of any of our attitude, just speak up. And we certainly, our intention is never to be mean to anybody. No, no, I mean, not at all. maybe to each other. Somewhat. Only to each other. But everything is supposed to be in jest and in good fun. And, and, and I feel that, uh, I think we both feel that our listenership is made out of the smartest, funniest people that we've known. Yeah, And absolutely. we want to encourage that. And we really just are having some fun and well, not trying to be mean. All right. I, I, shut up. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Our next viewer mail comes to us from Crosscan. Crosscan uh, is uh, Crosscan winner of the contest. You almost. Cro- Monica Lewinsky's five- kitchen. Whatever. If I step back five yards, I'm in your lap. Hey, oh. <laughs> uh, he's given us some answers to some questions from episode 66. He says snacks for Lollapazoola. There must be Oreos. There will be. There will be Oreos. Uh, he says, no, I don't construct puzzles yet. Uh, number three, there is not a third spreadsheet. There is a fourth spreadsheet listing all the ways to spell Papelbaum. Uh, number four. A very short spreadsheet. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, number four, dolphins are bigger than porpoises. This we already know. Number five, Brian is right. Snapple made true root beer. Did we know that already, too? Uh, we did, but not on the podcast. Okay. Number six, Electra Jablon's last name is pronounced... Applebaum. <laughs> Number seven, Charles Allen Wright, uh, born 1927, died 2000, was the foremost authority in the United States on constitutional law and federal procedure and was the co-author of the 54-volume treatise, Federal Practice and Procedure with Arthur Miller. Wait a minute. Isn't Arthur Miller, didn't he write Death of a Salesman? I believe so. Is this the same Arthur Miller? He dated Marilyn Monroe. He married Marilyn Monroe. Uh, and wrote Death of a Salesman and some other things. Yes. Okay. Uh, and the last item on Crosscan's list, the contest should be named Papelbaum. 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 Uh, well, that's what Crosscan has to say. Thank you, Crosscan. Indeed. We will see you soon. Yeah, he's coming to uh, Lollapazoola. Yes, he is. You have the next viewer mail. Our right? next viewer mail is from Ray Hamill. Director uh, of a small medical d- research director laboratory. Director of a medical small research laboratory. <laughs> a medical Thanks. small... What? what did I say? You just moved the words all around. Ah, uh, that's what I do. Yeah. He entitles his viewer mail, I sent this on porpoise. Uh-huh. Hey-o. Uh, True Root Beer was a colorless soda made by Snapple that looked remarkably like white vinegar. Ah. I warn you not to store it in your pantry or you may wind up with oil and root beer salad dressing. Ick. Uh, I warn you, I don't have a pantry. I live in an apartment in Queens. Yes, we, we don't have pantries. We don't here. have pantries. No. Uh, porpoises and dolphins are members of the same zoological family, Phosphonatidae. <laughs> the most obvious visible difference. Why would you say that? Does it sound like you've just attempted to pronounce something in like Israeli and then we played it backwards? <laughs> it's how it's spelled. I'm just saying it phonetically. No, no, no. You said it with an accent. No. 
Now say a sentence in English with that voice. The most obvious visible Oh difference. my god, you're useless. <laughs> the most obvious And you have the plague. The, I I you know, I I was really sick last week. Yeah. The most obvious visible difference between the porpoises and dolphins is that porpoises have flattened spade-shaped teeth distinct from the conical teeth of dolphins and shorter beaks. Now, according to Peter Gordon, sextuple threat, porpoises are also more robust than dolphins. Dolphins have a lean, sleek body, whereas porpoises often appear chubby. Interesting. Yeah. You need anything else? Uh, I think we're good for now. Porpoises have an intensive reproduction schedule that may play a role <laughs> in their lack of longevity. A porpoise can become pregnant every year, give birth, and then it can become pregnant again five or six weeks later. So it can be nursing and pregnant at the same time. Wow. Wow, indeed. That's just the female porpoise, right? Well, it doesn't say, but probably. And, uh, and believe this, porpoises are shy animals. I don't see how that works. How, yeah. how can you be a shy animal and, have an, and be have nursing an, and pregnant at the same time? An intensive time? reproductive schedule. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, because this is all Peter Gordon's porpoise info. You've got Ray Hamill's porpoise well, info, I'm done so with, please continue. I'm done with Ray Hamill's porpoise info, but I oh, have more from Ray Hamill. Oh, okay, please go on. Uh, he also says Charles Allen Wright. Ah. Have we, we just talked about Charles yeah, Allen Wright. Yeah, Crosscan told us something about Charles now, Allen now, Wright. I, I, I Crosscan told us that Charles Allen Wright... Uh, was the foremost authority in the United States on constitutional law and federal procedure, and was the co-author of the 54-volume treatise, Federal Practice and Procedure with Arthur Miller. Right. Now, Ray Hamill says Charles Allen Wright was a foremost authority on U.S. constitutional law and federal procedure, and was the senior author of the 55-volume treatise, Federal Practice and Procedure. He was an excellent attorney because you could be certain he was always right. Uh, That's I'm just reading it. But now, now we have now. A wait, hang on a second here, because Crosscan says this treatise was 54 volumes, and, and Ray Hamill says it was 55 volumes, and Crosscan also says that it was procedure with Arthur Miller, and and, and Ray Hamill leaves out Arthur Miller altogether. He does. Well, this uh, is this is a conundrum. What, I don't know what maybe to do here. Arthur Miller wrote the last volume. Well, I don't know. If any of our possible oracles out there can tell us, was this treatise 54 or 55 volumes, and really, what's the deal with Arthur Miller? Uh, and the, the reason, to clarify, the reason we've been talking about Charles Allen Wright is because somebody last week wrote that as the answer to their contest. Yeah, they thought Andrea Carla Michaels was Char Charles Allen Wright. Well, because it anagrams the same. Sort of. A little bit. There's no W in Andrea Carla Michaels. Not if you pronounce it correctly. I see. Uh, he has just a little bit more. Um, if you see, this is a, this is referring to are, are we doing this with the contest or should we read this now? I think we're doing that last part with the contest. All right, so we'll do that last part with the contest. So yeah. for now, we're done with Ray Hamill, a director of a small medical research laboratory in Wisconsin. Okay, we have uh, our next viewer mail comes to us from Andrea Carla Michaels. Andrea has written to us to say, uh, uh, does she have a nickname? Oh, uh, not yet. Andrea writes to us to say, oh my god! So I just listened to the podcast. Wow, so much to say. First things first, may I have Doug's email to write and thank him and to get a copy of this puzzle I knew nothing about. All right, Andrea, pay attention to us. We're, we're funny. We're good. We have puzzles about you. How did you know nothing about this puzzle? And we will most certainly get you in touch with Doug Peterson. Yes. Uh, she goes on to say, I have a long, funny story about not yet. Uh, she says, uh, I, I was uh, years ago, I was dating a man named Archangelo. <laughs> uh, and uh, Archangelo uh, apparently didn't speak English, like many of Andrea Carla Michaels' bows. 
Uh, and she goes on, anyway, many years ago I was teaching him what a knock-knock joke is. Ah, the joys of going out with someone who doesn't speak English. And so we did the orange thing and the swine the bathtub and on and on, and then he wanted to try one. So he says, knock-knock. Who's there? Not. Not who? Not yet. And Andrea says she laughed for about three years. There you go. So there, uh, she has a long-standing knock-knock joke about not yet, and then courtesy of Peter Gordon's sextuple threat, we now refer to Andrea Carla Michaels. Does she have a nickname? Not yet. And there it is. There it is. That's how it's done. All right. I think we have one more viewer mail. One more viewer mail. Oh, my this God. This is from Terry Welch. Tara? Terry. Tara. Terry. Terry Tara Welch? Terry Tara Welch. Who's Terry Welch? That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Like Welch's, like, fruit stuff? Welch's grape soda? I'm just going to read the email. Okay. Okay. Bob Welch, former pitcher from the uh, Oakland Athletics. And the Los Angeles Dodgers. And the Los Angeles Dodgers of Anaheim. Egad, Terry says. When I heard your question, I was stunned. As any good Ace Ventura fan knows, the common harbor porpoise has an elongated beak, sharp teeth, and a triangular thoracic fin, while the bottlenose dolphin, or Terserops truncatus, has an abrupt <laughs> snout, round cone-shaped teeth, and a serrated dorsal appendage. But I'm sure you knew that already, didn't you? That's what turns me on about you, your attention to detail. Terry Welch. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that last sentence. Uh, I don't know. Apparently but I'm glad we, we're turning somebody we on. We are turning on Terry Welch. Thank it's you, Terry. our attention to detail. Yes, it is our attention to detail. Uh, great. Well, there you go. Viewer mail. Closing it up. The longest viewer mailbag in history. Yes. Holy Our camole. next item is... Next item up for bid. Uh, how to pronounce Chon Vongsathorn's <laughs> name. The... Re, re, uh, the you don't even who, know. I don't know. How to pronounce Chon Vongsathorn's name. The Avram Gottschlick sessions. Yes. This is session one of the how to pronounce Chon Vongsathorn's name. What, what are you doing? That was the music for the sessions. You pounding onto your chest? Yeah, it was a little percussion. Okay. It was like stomp. <laughs> oh my god, this is ridiculous. Um, we got an email from Avram Gotchlik, who we talked about last week, and we weren't sure if we were saying his name right. He writes, and last week he suggested, did he suggest, did you suggested? Who suggested? But, uh, what, what I think we... Ryan Hecht suggested uh, that we have a How to Pronounce Chon Vonsathorn's Name segment devoted to Avram Gottschlick. I did suggest that. So Avram writes to us, Should you need the pronunciation of my name, you can rest assured you got it right the last time with Avram Gottschlick. Congratulations. I suspect this special edition of How to Pronounce Chon Vonsathorn's Name will not be a long-lived one. Clearly, be. Avram doesn't know anything about how we operate no. around here. So next week on How to Pronounce... <laughs> Avram Gottschlick's name. <laughs> well, first of all, between this week and next week, you're going to have to learn the name of the segment. Oh, yes. you don't have that right. Sorry. But your punishment for that is that I get to read this next bit, which is an old email that somehow slipped through our grasp from Chon Vonsathorn. No, 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 stop. Stop. Chon Vonsathorn <laughs> wrote to us with an email titled, Two Degrees? Dear Ryan and Brian, my sister occasionally listens to your show, or rather, she is occasionally in the room when I am listening to your show, and the antics of one David Stein have roused her suspicion. I wonder if you could pass on the following message for me. Dear Mr. Stein, do you teach statistics and calculus? Do you teach at Montgomery Blair High School? 
Did you teach my sister Lyndon Vongsathorn? Wait, Vong Vong Lyndon Vongsathorn. Vongsathorn. Oh, I don't know how to pronounce that. We need a segment on how to pronounce Lyndon Vongsathorn's name. We do. Did you teach my sister Lyndon Vongsathorn statistics and calculus at Montgomery Blair High School? She doesn't remember any would you rather's, but she remembers lots of other weird things, including but not limited to the bell curve dance, statistical hot dog analysis, <laughs> and a book balancing on the head experiment gone horribly wrong. How many David Steins can there be who are both math teaching and crazy? Let me know, Chon. Now, if this is is the David Stein, and I, I'm guessing it probably is because I know he teaches at Montgomery Blair High School. Yeah, I think it might be the same. I one. wish I had David Stein as my math teacher. Oh my God! Did you have any good math teachers? No, no, I had a couple of good math teachers. I had I had a math teacher who didn't like me very much, Dave McKechnie. Oh, it sounds like somebody wouldn't he like He didn't you. like me much at all. And then, you know what? I had another teacher. And if any of these people are listening, understand I've now grown up and moved on, but I still remember these episodes. Dusty Miller. What's uh, next? What's next is last week's contest. Last week's contest. So the last week's contest is uh, you take the, the name of a, of a person who's mentioned many times on our our. Our you, podcast. You know, should I read it? Just you make sure take we get the it right. S out. You take out the U. No, stop it. Think of a person frequently mentioned on this podcast whose first name has an R in it. Change this R to an S, add a U, then rearrange the letters to spell the name of someone else frequently mentioned on this podcast. And the answer was... Peter Gordon becomes Doug Peterson. Peter Gordon becomes Doug Peterson. And we got nine. Count them. Nine One, correct two, answers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. Thank you for counting. You said to count them. I'm glad oh, you did. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Do you remember that song? Yes. What was that from? That was from Sesame Street. No, it was from uh, Electric Company. I don't know what it was from. Okay. What 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 show was that song from? The one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve song. Please tell us. My acapella group in college sang that song. We we did a cover of it. Your acapella group is reuniting this Saturday. There may be as many as four members of my collegiate acapella group at Lollapazoola. That's very exciting. It's quite possible so there will be like as many a, as four. A, a, a la cappella. <clears throat> and if you're one of the people who's not coming, then you should also come. Yes. You should join us at Lollapazoola, particularly if you're Ginger McManus. If Ginger McManus is listening to this, please come to Lollapazoola, because I have been wondering for the last ten years what happened to you, and you should show up at Lollapazoola and tell me everything. Fantastic. We got a couple of answers that we wanted to share with you folks. <coughs> um, My answer one, has a staple in it. This first one is is from uh, <laughs> uh, Keith R. Murray, Rainbow Assassin. <laughs> Here's how I came up with my solution. One, I made a master list of all the names from the podcast. I started with the rogues gallery listed on the blog and then just added names as I recalled them. I won't repeat the list here as it's a bit too long. Two, I broke down the master list to names that only included, included an S and a U. One of these must be the second part of the answer. Three, I then broke down the master list again to include only names with an R in the first name. One of these must be the first part of the answer. Four, through a long process of elimination involving searching for impossible letters like the Q and Quigley Down Under, starring Tom Selleck, I determined that the two names are Peter Gordon and Doug Peterson. Hang on, back up. Quigley Down Under, starring Tom Selleck? Is that whole thing his nickname? I guess so. Brendan Emmett Quigley Down Under, starring Tom Selleck. Yes. Okay. Uh... Uh, after So then after I solved the puzzle the hard way, I decided to hone my programming skills by also writing a Perl script to solve it. So he includes his Perl script. Do you speak uh, Perl? 
No. No, I don't either. All you have to do is feed the script of the master list of all names and the answer pops out. Until next time, Keith Robert Murray, Rainbow Assassin. Now, I think we should post this Pearl script on our blog. Okay, we'll do that. If anybody else speaks Pearl and wants to respond to Keith Robert Murray, Rainbow Assassin's Pearl script, please go ahead. The two of you can start talking Pearl and alienate the rest of us. Yes. Uh, We also got an interesting entry from Jeremy Horowitz. Who writes to us, gentlemen, if you take Peter Gordon's sextuple threat, change the R to an S, add a U, then rearrange the letters, you get Doug Peterson, a shuttle expert. I like that. Jeremy Horowitz went one step further there and used the nicknames to he did. add to the joy. Brilliant. It is. So uh, Anyway, we went to random.org to find a winner to the contest. So strap it on, and here we go. <laughs> winner is who's the winner raymond hamill ray hamill ray hamill a director of a small medical research laboratory in madison wisconsin and this is what he wants for his prize all right what is it he was pretty sure he was going to win so he already said what his prize was going to be if you substitute an r with an s in my name add a u and rearrange the letters you get samuel hay Please begin mentioning Mr. Hay more often so I can be part of Mike Nathanagel's Pen Pal Extraordinary Constructor of the Friday Puzzle next Anagram Contest. Excellent. So this will be the first of five weekly mentions of Mr. Samuel Hay. Who was an American bishop of the Methodist Episcopal Episcopal Church South, elected in 1922. Excellent. Yes. Well, that's very exciting. It is. We're going to move along, though. And get to our crossword tip of the quarter month. Yes. This quarter month, our crossword tip, we're going to talk about quote puzzles. Because this week had a quote puzzle. On a Saturday. A Saturday was a quote puzzle. And uh, that quote puzzle was, uh, the puzzle was designed by Matt Ginsberg. The quote was an Ambrose Bierce quote, which was, the covers of this book are too far apart. That's kind of funny. It is kind of funny. It says just what, that the book is just too long. Too long to read. I I think quote puzzles are not necessarily people's favorite puzzles. You know what? I have to be blunt. They are not my favorite puzzles. And they, it was very odd to see one on a Saturday of all days. Yeah. Do you like quote puzzles? Ah, uh, you know what? I like quote puzzles if I know the quote. I don't know many quotes at all, and so quote puzzles just stymie. Me. Well, they they do stymie. Because they, they have they have long entries, like three or four or five or more long entries, usually going across, and that's like huge chunks of it that are useless to me in. The crossword solving, because I, if I don't know the downs either, I've got no point of reference. Right. It's, and it's, it's very hard, frustrating. It's hard to get a foothold. Once really you do is. get a foothold, it kind of comes together How do you quickly. get a foothold in a quote puzzle? I don't know. I was thinking about this, and I want to get better at them. I, I think that you have to look at these long entries in a, in a way that's different from the way you look at normal crossword entries. You're looking Be- for small words. You're looking for a series of words that aren't a sentence in themselves and aren't a, a clever phrase or something by themselves. It's just a string of words. But, I mean, you like can't... three or four words you can in a row. Get he- you can get helped out because most quote puzzles have a the. Many, many have an that's and. True. And so if you find an A and a D with yeah, a space in the and. middle, you, you can maybe put and, an end you there. You know, something else that can help you or hurt you, I suppose, <laughs> is you can, you can wind up with weird sequences of letters that you know normally wouldn't be next to each other but maybe they are here because it's it could be two different words being you could have like a j and a z next to each other but it could be you know taj zahal that's a very popular quoted place it is extremely the taj zahal uh what was odd about this quote puzzle was there were also two 15 letter answers that weren't the quote they kind of sandwiched the quote physically sandwiched it on in the grid (laughs) But, but we're not about the quote at all. Yeah, not no conceptual sandwich going on. Oh my god, Ryan! I'm very upset by this. Wow, clearly. 
Now, <coughs> oh my god, stop it. Keep going. What the hell is wrong Talk with you? Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, Matt Ginsburg is an amazing individual. I don't know him personally, but he has designed all kinds of software and various things. And I believe he's the one that, didn't he design a, a, a quote parsing program? Or was that Alex Boisvert? Well, didn't Matt Ginsburg do the 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 solving, the judging? Did Matt Ginsburg came up with the new uh, with the, the scanning? electronic scanning the thing? Yes, was that Matt Ginsburg? Yeah, amazing. Alex Boisvert definitely came up with a how to break up a quote into even numbers of letters so that you can use it in a crossword puzzle. But I think Matt Ginsburg may have come up with a similar software as well. It's a, it's just astounding. You remember how Kevin G. Durhyphen Euclid designed a whole program just to figure out how to do a puzzle with only three black squares? Yes. And Barry C. Silk, what is he? A friend and confidant of Doug Peterson, a shuttle expert, and they and he made a program for himself that uh, designs crossword. I mean, how do you do this? Keith Robert Murray is is writing Perl scripts. You know what I can do? I I can barely play the piano. That's but what you I can barely do. play it play it well. I barely play it well. Uh, let's let's put no, a link I'm, to this this quote software for people. All right, we will. We're going to figure out who has designed what. If and, anybody uh, has tips on how to solve quote puzzles, Matt Ginsburg has done a huge clue database. That's the big thing Matt Ginsburg has done. Yes, an enormous clue database that's just amazing, absolutely amazing. All right, these people are astounding. I have no business affiliating myself with any of them. But we affiliate. I am useless. We affiliate with them from the bottom. I yeah, I am the bottom, and they feed on me. Oh my god, oh, look! Oh, stop it with on that. The it's just thunder, go. What an odd sound effect this month. To it, be... it sounded a whole lot like the noises we, uh, we, we use to cheer for Electra Jablons. It does, indeed. Yeah. Monday, August 10th by Paula Gamache. This was about parts of the hands. Now, do you have all these parts in your hands? Because your hands are awfully small. I'm like... A, I think you might be short a couple of parts. I'm like a, one of those iPod Nanos. You, are, you have the hands of an iPod Nano. Yeah, I can, you can indeed. fit a lot of stuff in my small hands. Do you need to buzz now because we're done with oh, Monday? Oh, oh, oh. Tuesday, August 11th by Oliver Hill, age two. This is all about the French horn. Do you know how the French horn is so hard to play? It looks ridiculous. It has all those tubes and all. It's like the intertubes of the of the web of the internet. It's web. unbelievable. It's uh, it's actually most French horns you see are two horns. They're two horns in one: an F horn and a B flat horn sandwished together, played simultaneously. Have you ever played one? No. Can you? I've barely even held one. Can you play the any brass? I played the trumpet for about six months when I was in junior high school. Really? Yeah, How'd I was in, I was in band class and we had to play things and they wouldn't let me play the piano. Did it sound anything like this? Wednesday, August 12th, by Rob Reiner's friend Peter A. Collins and Joe Crozel rhymes with puzzle. Moby Dick, Moby Dick, Moby Dick. I've never read Moby Dick. I have read Moby Dick. Yeah, how was it? It is long and it is boring. <laughs> Thursday, August 13th, by Patrick McIntyre. This is all about coin flips. I was thinking in honor of the coin flip puzzle, you and I should do a scene from Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. All right. I will be Guildenstern. Oh, you will? Yes. And I get to be Rosencrantz? Yes. Awesome. All right. I have it easy. You ready? Yes. Heads. You uh, flip the coin. Heads. And you flip the coin again. Heads. Flippity flip. Heads. Friday, August 14th, by Barry C. Silk, friend and confidant of Doug Peterson, crossword gentleman, a man about town. Craigslist. This was Craigslist. That entry came in really <laughs> fast for me on the thing. Like, 
You know what else comes in really fast? All the spam we get from promoting Lollapazoola on Craigslist. There's nothing we can do that doesn't How have can spam. we avoid the spam? Everything we do has spam. Oh my god. Spam, spam, spam. Saturday, August 15th by Matt Ginsburg. The theme musics of this podcast are too far apart. Sunday, August 16th by Randolph Ross. Which do you like better as a TV show? Wind Limit or Wind Orbit? What the hell are you talking about? When I was doing the puzzle on Sunday, I thought Rio Diablo. I had a lot of mistakes. Rio Diablo is the TV show. I thought it show. was Wind Orbit. Wind Orbit? But then in the What's blog, Wind Limit? But then in the blog, I wrote Wind Limit. I just totally blew it. Is that like the temperature humidity index? It's the wind you limit? You know what the temperature they... humidity index in this room is? It's like uh, it's insane right now. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's leading I'm to your sweating plague. all over, but I'm, my throat is not lubricated. Oh, oh, oh my. That's what she said. Oh, my God.